where nobody knows your name is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Where Nobody Knows Your Name. I'm Troy, and I'm completing my third in a trilogy of guest appearances. I'm joined by John and James. How are you, chaps? Doing good. Very well. Excellent, Troy. That's in the best intro ever. That's so smooth. I've put on my telephone voice. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're doing very well. This episode, we're going to be reviewing Season 5, Episode 12, Dance, Diane, Dance, which sounds a bit like a Fallout Boy song. I was going to say it's like the more stylish version of Run, Forest, Run. <laughs> this episode was released on the 18th of December, 1986. It was written by Jeff. Maybe James can help me out with the last name. Abagov. <laughs> Directed, of course, by James Burroughs. What an episode. Yeah, this is gold. This is very, very fun. Made me do many a chuckle. Quite soulful. And we, yes. we talked earlier about how Diane has a dream of the week. <laughs> if you like Diane's dreams getting smashed, here's another one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got an episode for you. We've got you covered. <laughs> cold open. Nothing to do with Diane's dreams. I feel like uh, this cold open is very relatable. I feel like probably everyone's been in the situation. It involves the TV aerial and bad reception. Ah, we all been there. We have. Remember using a coat hanger as an aerial. Oh, I've used some weird things. I mean, it's quite a bit worse than what happened to Woody because of what it appeared like at the outside. So basically, we figured that the where the aerial would need to be placed would have to be kind of suspended in the middle of the air. So we made a kind of scale system. But in order to counterweight on the other thing, we needed to get a flower and keep adding to a zip seal bag. So if people look through the window, they just saw this this see-through bag of white powder holding up a TV area. Honestly, at this point, you have to question how much worth is in watching the TV? How much did you want to watch what was on TV at the time to go to these lengths? Or were you just bored? Uh, I mean, it, it worked. We set up and went, hey... And it, it stayed stayed like that until we moved out. But yeah, anyone just looking in uh, up into the window just went, not suspect at all. <laughs> I feel like in this cold open, they have a kind of excuse because it's the only way to watch TV. Surely there was different ways you could watch TV, James. <laughs> different time, James. What was your excuse? I grew up in Scotland. So, you know, we we're a bit behind technology wise. We didn't, we didn't get a Subway sandwich shop until I was about 13. <laughs> Bear in mind, Subway's existed since the 70s. <laughs> I like how in this story you've got a Subways in your town before you had satellite, like digital satellite. <laughs> it's easier to make a sandwich. <laughs> Everyone's in the bar watching uh, some football on, uh, some NFL, and the signal goes on the TV. Woody's then tasked with going to fix the TV and ends up hanging off it like a chimp, which... Looks to have fixed it somewhat. However, the screen's still a bit red. And I can't remember it is that comes over to kind of move his leg or moves his arm. But they do that, and that's what fixes it. And there's an eruption, a cheer, a yeah, and he's fixed it. However, he has to stay in that position for it to work. But to which he says, well, let's hope this game doesn't go to overtime. <laughs> Cliff pops his foot up on the ledge like a game of Kaplunk in reverse. <laughs> reverse Kaplunk. <laughs> so that was a cold open. I'll tell you what, though. Excellent upper body strength from Woody. Oh, yeah. He's going to have a bigger workout than the people playing the game. <laughs> the main show starts with Diane uh, not remembering if she's left the oven on convinces herself uh, that she has left it on. Let's face it, we all do it. You go to bed and you lie there and you go, I did turn the oven off, didn't I? Yeah, no, I'm absolutely sure I did. Oh, maybe I didn't. I'm going to go and check. And as soon as you get down there, you don't even have to get in front of the oven. 
to know that it isn't on. And then you just go, yep, no, wasted trip, up to bed. Yeah, she's convinced she's left it on. And Sam lets her go home to go and check that. And then there's a discussion over some famed dance teacher or instructor that's apparently going to be coming to the bar. And Sam announces that. Before Diane leaves, she explains that she's been studying ballet, to which everyone laughs because everyone laughs at Diane's dreams because they're all horrible. I mean, <laughs> you say we say that we've been mocking her dreams as well. However, these guys should know better. They see her on a daily basis. It's not very nice. She then talks about her abandoning her dreams of becoming a ballet and how it was something she always wanted to do, but then kind of gave it up and this happened and that happened. And then she reminds herself that her apartment's probably on fire. Tries to convince herself again that no, 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 I've not, I've not left I've not left the oven on, it's fine. And Carla then does an impression of her dying cat. Diane just sprints off and leaves the bar. <laughs> and what it does say is, is we, we think that Madame Lakova is expecting her to stop by the bar with a videotape of Diane's recital. Because I think Diane sent it to her and Madame Lakova went, I don't want this. Uh, and, and a review as well, an assessment of, of how well she's done in the class. So that's kind of set up that that's going to arrive at some point in this episode. No one respects her dreams. No. no including us. No. <laughs> <laughs> Or Woody, who always finds himself sweeping them up off the floor of the bar. (laughs) That's all that's left every night at the end of Cheers. Just shattered, like shards everywhere. Uh, Tell us about your dreams again. Why? Want to smash something? (laughs) I tell you what I have done. I've taken some like little notes and I've I've stretched them out. I'm stretching for facts. That's what I'm doing. So I looked up some dream analysis. I looked at what stoves represent in dreams. Of course you did. Go on. So a stove represents your focus on progress, momentum, or getting something done. Slow and careful, or a long time preparation. Preparing something important or special in your life. I mean, there's a lot in that though, isn't there? The the whole thing is Diane saying how it was always a kind of lifelong dream and she's continued to pursue it in some capacity. It's perfect. Yeah, it's very good. I'm stretching it. So that's quite a stretch, but... It works. I wouldn't even say that's a stretch, mate. That's that's bang on. I don't think the writers were there checking dreammeanings.com going, ooh. Well, Cliff's decided that he wants to sell his car, which is a Chevy. And so he asks if he can put some posters up around the bar to advertise that. Sam then gets one of said posters and says, why have you put a picture of a Rolls Royce on the front of it? And he's like, well, read the description. He's just like... The Rolls Royce of station wagon. That's his excuse for putting a Rolls Royce on the front. Marketing, isn't it? (laughs) We then get Madame Lickover's assistant, uh, Lisa, comes into the bar and when asked, she is asked if she is Madame Lickover, says, no, no, I'm her assistant. She'd never come to a tavern. I'm only here to drop off the tape. And she just says that she thinks Diane is bad at dancing and has come to tell her not to ever dance anymore, ever again. <laughs> you get the impression that this Madame Lickover is quite the hard woman in the, oh, well, I, I can't do this because this would annoy her. Or, oh, I can't do this because, you know, she reacts like that. She's um, She runs a tight ship. She's she's a tough a tough lady is Madame Lickover. Diane is, well, she's not told herself, but the advice from Madame Lickover is to not ever dance again. But you know what I say to Diane? You can dance if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> when the assistant leaves the bar, everybody wants to watch the tape. 
to see how bad she is at dancing. Everyone does, I think. And, and there's some kind of hesitation, I think, from Sam, who's like, uh, uh, maybe we shouldn't. I think it's Cliff, possibly, that says it's like driving by the scene of an accident. You shouldn't look, but you can't help yourself. <laughs> and they put it on and immediately people are howling as Sam then realizes quite quickly that it's insensitive and turns it off. He then goes on to read the letter that accompanies the video where it just reads, poor, poor, poor. Quick question. Worst dance you've ever done? If you've seen me after a few, I'm limbs akimbo. Limbs akimbo. You're not Stretch Armstrong. (laughs) I can say that my girlfriend slipped a disc trying to do the running man. Ooh. (laughs) And yeah, that still causes issues now. 10 plus years on. How? I don't know. I wasn't there, but I wish I'd have been a fly on the wall. <laughs> I don't feel like I've got any bad dance stories. Oh, hey, John, weird bag. I was going to say, because like I don't feel like I danced a huge amount. Moshing isn't a dance as such. However, I did have a rather embarrassing moment at a festival where I was doing the moshing and my shorts tore in half literally down the seam in the middle of the shorts. It was very, very hot that day. So it did act as some sort of air conditioning. However, I was quite a distance away from the tent and wasn't in a state to make it back to my tent. So I just embraced it. I was on the show for all to see. Obviously was wearing pants. It's fine. I was, I was going to say it was, it was CCR playing Bad Moon Rising. <laughs> yeah, so that was, that was embarrassing. Like I say, not, not a dance, but... Um, <laughs> It was motion of the body to music. I think that phrase is how people would describe Diane's dancing. There was music and Diane was moving. They decide to intercept this message that uh, will basically destroy Diane, really, which I think is quite a nice thing to do. It's spearheaded by Frasier, who wants to sort of soften the blow. And I think he writes a pretty good review. Technique, very good. Strength, very good. Emotional response, outstanding. Flexibility, average. I always thought I was very flexible. (laughs) Excellent natural instincts. Soul of a dancer. If not for the late start, could have had a career in dance. Not too positive. Not you're incredible. It's like, oh, you, you're good. You're on the way. You're pretty good. But also, you're old. You're old. <laughs> he did try to like nip it in the bud and say stop. But as we've sort of, as this is a trilogy of Diane's Broken Dreams, we can refer back two episodes ago. She got a letter which said, you've got promise, but we're not going to print your poem. This week, she got a letter that said, you're too old, but you tried your best kind of vibe. And she took that as... I should carry on dancing. So she does read her letter and uh, she comes a little bit boastful about it, maybe. She gets a bit of encouragement from it, I'd maybe say. This is why you don't feed Diane's dreams. (laughs) It's like a gremlin after midnight. They decide to play the video again for the bar now that there is a positive letter alongside it. Position Diane right at the front so she can't see anyone's reactions, which is a little mean. They were trying to hide their reactions. So they were just going, Diane, just don't look at us. Don't look at us, but you can definitely hear us laughing. They even make (laughs) jokes about her while she's there. (laughs) She says, ever since I was a child, I wanted to dance so badly. And Norm says, looks like you got your wish. (laughs) (laughs) She wants to thank Madame Likover for the feedback. And Madame Likover has none of them. Rings her up at her hotel room. She goes, I want to thank you for the feedback. Did you meet it? And Madame Likover, we don't hear her. Diane goes, every word. (laughs) that's it (laughs) and what i found funny with that is when she said oh i'm going to call her up 
And Fraser immediately is like, oh, right, okay, I've got to go. It goes to leave the bar. And then just as she gets the phone and gets through to her and picks up, everyone else sort of scrambles, turns away like that. <laughs> People are jumping over the bar to get away as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, I have a lot of respect for Madame Licover. Just say what you mean, mean what you say. No faff. Trim the faff. Straight to the point. Blunt. We then skip forward a few hours to closing time at the bar and Norm's the only one left in there. I think as Diana's closing down and they have a little bit of a heart to heart. And Norm says that he doesn't want to go home because his partner's having a Tupperware party, which apparently Tupperware parties were all the rage back in the 80s. Yeah, because Tupperware Tupperware came along and people went, hey, look at these bad boys. I could keep my food tasty and fresh. Mad, isn't it? You, You take it for granted now. I've got a whole cupboard of Tupperware. It just gets in the way. Can't move for Tupperware. Norm and Diane are left in the bar and Diane starts thinking about what might have happened had she pursued her dream. And Norm says that he doesn't believe in dreams and they only ever end in disappointment. Never wanted anything that was out of my reach apart from the beer nuts on the bar. (laughs) Yeah, so he thinks that dreams only ever end in heartache. But Diane is insistent that she wants to pursue her dreams and she says, listen to me. Replies with, well, do I have another choice? (laughs) (laughs) And she makes a decision that she wants to send her tape into the Boston Ballet. And so in a kind of rush to go and get that done, she says, Norm, you can lock up the bar. You know how to lock up the bar, don't you? He said, well, I taught you how to lock up the bar. (laughs) As she leaves and he's left in there and wandering about, (laughs) walks behind the bar, pulls himself a beer and says, well, I guess dreams can come true. (laughs) The following scene is the like probably one of the quite a surreal scene to be honest because she doesn't send it a videotape in. She seems to have broken into the Boston Ballet. I'm not waiting for it. I'm going to go there. We don't visit many places outside of the bar. We've been to a few. This feels maybe that's one of the grandest ones. A lot of the dancers there aren't credited. Don't know who they are, but they seem to be doing a good job. Before she gets to that dance audition, actually, while I remember, she does send the tape off. However. It gets sent back unopened, which is what prompts her to go there and storm in because she comes into the bar dressed in her kind of ballerina dancing outfit um, and everyone chuckles. They ask why she's dressed like that. And she says, I'm auditioning for the Boston Ballet. They sent the tape back unopened and I'm going to go there and prove that they've made a mistake. Sam tells her that it could could have been a mistake uh, and they try and convince her to go another time. But she's like, nope, I'm adamant, I'm going. Sam then kind of attempts to tell her the truth that actually the, the letter was rewritten and, and the feedback in, in the first instance was terrible. But kind of chickens out of it, then turns around and asks Frasier for help. And Frasier just uses exactly the same line that Sam has just said. And he's like, oh, nice one. Yeah, th- thanks for the help there. And Frasier just goes up to tell her just as she's about to leave and just says, knock him dead so go off to the ballet and storms into the middle of the rehearsal <laughs> she goes to the boston ballet and they're in the middle of a rehearsal and she goes stop this madness <laughs> watch me and, and then she delivers quite an eloquent speech really heartfelt eloquent speech is lovely i don't have much time myself a dancer's career is not a long one i'm sorry but it's true <laughs> i have a dream to be a dancer And in order for it to come true, you must see me dance. Oh, yes, my technique is not quite as polished as it should be. But is that all there is to art, mere technique? Or is it not the passion and emotion and pain that lie deep within our souls? For I have that emotion. I have felt that pain. I I am a feeling person. And 
I can communicate those feelings to you through dance. So, judge me not by what my arms and legs are doing. <laughs> judge me by what I make you feel. But most importantly, judge me. For I must dance. Damn it, I must! We've dismissed it, Dan's dreams quite a bit. But it speaks for the dreamers, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I think by the end of it, you're kind of like, I hope she's good. <laughs> and uh, I think probably for the best, we don't get to find out how bad she was, really, to be honest. Like the car crash where you shouldn't look, but you have, I want to see how bad she is now. We never got to see the tape. We didn't get her to see her at the rehearsal, the one that she stormed in on. I really want to see it. I want to see just how much of a car crash it is. Sam and Faye just storm in. They go, no, Diane, wait. She goes, no, I've waited long enough. <laughs> <laughs> And then Fraser whispers something to her. And that's when we realise he's told her the truth. And she just looks... Deflated. Deflated, yeah. There goes another dream, shattered a million pieces. Left on the stage. For Woody to come to his second job and sweep up there as well. (laughs) (laughs) Those ballerinas need to be light on their feet just to avoid all the shards. (laughs) Should we have a rundown of some of the guest cast, James? Yeah. Marilyn Lightstone, which is a great name, as Lisa. She was also in The Littlest Hobo, The Smurfs, Inspector Gadget, Cagney and Lacey, Starman, DuckTales, The Real Ghostbusters, Dennis the Menace, The Super Mario Brothers Super Show, as well as a wide array of other voice and live action work. We have Dan Geraghty as choreographer. He also appeared in Freddy's Nightmares, Night Court, Dallas, Family Matters, Jag, The West Wing, and many more. And I think he was the one at the Boston Ballet who was shouting at Diane, we don't have time for your nonsense. (laughs) No time! (laughs) That's it. Oh. As I said, all those dancers, no credits. How dare they? And Diane walks off from these anonymous dancers, looks back wistfully in a similar way to how Sam would look out of a hospital window realising that he's old. Yeah, I I suppose these latter seasons, well, seasons four and five, characters are reflecting on getting old a lot more. It's because Woody came in and they're like, oh, he's a sprightly. (laughs) Got this thing, what's it called? Ah, optimism, yes. (laughs) A bit of a callback, like you say, to that episode where Sam gazes out of the window. Dark Imaginings is the name of that episode. Here we go. Oh, this is a good question. When did Diane first become interested in Bally? It's a childhood dream. She has mentioned it before. Probably last week. (laughs) (laughs) She has mentioned it before in that episode, Peter's and Crusoe. But yeah, no, since when? I'm going to throw out from age 11. Ooh. If you're looking for a number, I've got nothing else for you. It's a good guess. It's not right. (laughs) It's good, but it's not the one. I feel like she'll be like poetic about it and say since before she was born or something like that. Oh, really? (laughs) Mm. That's not a number. Uh, So by (laughs) virtue of of technicality, Troy's closest with 11 because the answer was seven. I mentioned in this episode that this episode featured the the stove, which is obviously a symbol of uh, progression in life. Yeah, yeah, that's in Freud's uh, Psychoanalysis of Dreams. Chapter 6, Stove. But uh, when when (laughs) Diane uh, returns from her apartment, she says that it wasn't the stove that she'd forgot, but she forgot something else. What what did she forget? Oh, I know. I'll give it to Troy then, I don't know. Uh, She'd left the milk out. She left the milk on. And uh, milk is a sign that changes are occurring in your life. Come on now. Come on. <laughs> I encourage you to, to give up negative thinking patterns or problems by choice. Is it now? 
Allegedly, according to this blog I, I read. <laughs> so if I, if, I was, if I had a dream about making a cheesecake, it's about how I've waited a long time to fix my problems, not well, that I want a cheesecake. Well, I'm not sure about cheesecake. I'm talking about milk here, James. And tell me, what is cheese made out of, John? Dairy product. And what is dairy? <laughs> milk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I don't make the facts. I just... <laughs> Spout them. Spout them. I just recite them. Uh, I'm sceptical, John. Cliff has a bulletin to hang on the wall, but what did his previous bulletin advertise? I'll give you a clue. No takers. His house? I don't think he's selling anything. It's more of an event. Oh. A painting party. Oh! I remember paying attention to this, and I didn't write it down, <laughs> because I also found it amusing. Potluck seance. There you go. Singles potluck seance. So Cliff just <laughs> wants to find single people and a Ouija board. I don't know what the potluck has to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's like a random ghost, isn't it? As opposed to a very specific one that you're trying to channel. Is that Egon? Yeah, I'd like to report a potluck seance going on. Can you get round to send the boys? <laughs> I tell you what, it's, it's, it's rivaling the Tupperware party, though. Which would you rather go to? <laughs> potluck seance. Tupperware party's safer, isn't it? You don't know what you're going to get with a seance. If you are interested in a, a Tupperware party, uh, when, when things are fine, there is a, on the Tupperware website, there is a how to host a Tupperware party. <laughs> if, if you look. Who gave John the internet? <laughs> I thought you were going to announce that Tupperware was now going to be part of your Patreon. <laughs> there also is a limited time exclusive host gift special for qualified hosts pack. John, are you working for them? Uh, maybe. I, I might be a qualified host. Are you on commission from them? <laughs> he just loves Tupperware. Why buy when you can get it for free? All right, John. <laughs> just, just do two hundred thousand. No, two hundred dollars of sales, and you get a free Tupperware. Just, just sell two hundred thousand Tupperware. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's last call, and you mentioned Patreon there briefly, Troy. Let's talk about it now. Sadly, we don't have Tupperware to offer. No, we don't have Tupperware parties, but we do have some opportunities to have a chat with us, the, the host of Where Nobody Know Your Name, which is kind of like a Tupperware party. You can tell us what your, your favourite Tupperware is. Uh, you can talk about anything. It doesn't have to be Tupperware. John just really likes Tupperware. <laughs> he's found his Tupperware nest recently, and he's got back into it. <laughs> or we can do a potluck seance. Either or. Just, just have a chat, innit? There's an opportunity on Patreon to have a drink with us here at Where Nobody Knows Your Name. And I tell you what, as we're talking about drinks, what, what should we have to toast this episode? I've got one. It's a cocktail called a Sand Dance. Okay. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that consists of one and a half ounces of blended whiskey, half an ounce of cherry brandy, and two ounces of cranberry juice. I like that. That sounds good. Three of them. And we'll raise them as we toast our well, unfulfilled dreams. Is that something you could toast? Dreams in general, I think, you know, keep trying. They might go, nah, you're old, leave. But Alan Rickman's <laughs> film debut was when he was over 40. It was Die Hard. So, wow. you know, yeah. So this is the toast to Alan Rickman from, from nowhere. We haven't mentioned the whole episode. Yeah. But we'll raise. Surprise Rickman. <laughs> well there we go here's a, here's a toast to him raise our sentence and uh, we'll say thank you for listening to where nobody knows your name this has been a cheers podcast mm-hmm.